Hey there, everyone. Before we start the show, we here at Popcorn for Dinner want to give a big shout out to our good friend and illustrator, Kyle Kedzik, for helping us celebrate making it to 40 episodes with some uh, brand new custom artwork, which is now up on all of our social media accounts. We love it. We hope you love it. And if you're looking for some new custom artwork for your business or project, you can look him up on Facebook at Kyle Kedzik or even drop him a line at kylekedzik at gmail.com. That's K-Y-L-E-K-E-D-Z-U-C-H at gmail.com. Welcome back to Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. Unnecessary sequels month comes to a close today. Finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these uh, these haven't been great. No. Um, and this one, uh, I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about, and we'll, we'll sort of make a decision on its uh, scale of good to bad as we go along. Yeah. Uh, the movie this week that we are talking about is the 1990 American action thriller film Die Hard 2. Not Die Harder. Yeah. That's just a tagline. As a kid, I always thought it was <laughs> Die Hard 2 colon Die Harder. <laughs> it is not. It is actually just titled Die Hard 2. Yeah. Uh, which makes it a little bit more bearable. <laughs> like, <laughs> just l not having a cheesy subtitle, second title, mm -hmm. makes it a little bit more bearable. It's not Speed 2 <laughs> Cruise Control or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was sort of one of the reasons that I wanted to do it was because, like, we, we kind of realized, like, okay, we did Jaws 2 and we did Jurassic Park 3. So those are two, like, uh, previously done by Spielberg kind of action monster movies more so sort of horror-esque mm -hmm. monster movie thing yeah uh and then with speed and speed 2 it was like okay well then we'll just do a, another straight action movie yeah. sequel yeah. and we had kind of talked about this during speed 2 uh mm. when we were doing that one just sort of going on the like how do you do this a second time like speed is enough of a mm -hmm. like a how do you get wrapped up in this a second time this movie takes that to the fucking extreme <laughs> and it does it it, yeah. it references it so often like you'd think or maybe not you'd think maybe yeah. more the, the filmmakers would think <laughs> that it would like insulate them a little bit from like criticism if they were if they like sort of acted like they were in on it like yeah get it it's happening again everyone realizes it's happening again mm-hmm but I mean, halfway through the fucking movie, I had a very specific note, which was when John says, how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Yep. And I said, just because you asked the question does not mean I'm going to ignore it, movie. Like, just because you <laughs> pose that question doesn't yeah. mean like, oh, well, I guess I'll just let it slide because they know. Yeah. It's like, no, and then it his wife at the end, too. Yeah. Why does this keep happening to us? It's like, yeah, universe that this movie takes place in. How is Why? this even possible? Like the the amount of things that happen again. I have mm -hmm. so many notes that are simply yeah. just something that happened in the first movie and then all capital letters again. Mm -hmm. There are so many of them. <laughs> it definitely kind of uh kind of wrecks the enjoyment of it to a certain degree. Like it's so close to Die Hard, like especially mm -hmm. in terms of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like with some of the sequels coming out so, so much later, mm -hmm. uh, like Die Hard with a Vengeance, I think is like five years after this. So Bruce Willis looks a bit older. Yeah. Uh, so, but like time has passed. So you're like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then from 1995 to 2007 until the next one. And Come now on. it's, yeah, and now it's just so far removed. And then I think from 2007 to like 2013 is, is between that one and the fifth one. It's just, just so far removed. But this one, so close. Bruce Willis looks so similar. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like every time I see him in Die Hard, it's like he's a completely different person yeah. than the actor <laughs> who's in everything else that I've ever seen him in. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, oh, wow, yeah, this is, this is, 
the the good actor everyman Bruce Willis as opposed to the mm-hmm. like action star <laughs> guy who seems like he's too good for this <laughs> sort of vibe I get from him in <laughs> almost <laughs> anything else he does. Uh, so when this one started and I saw him again like in this era mm-hmm. with this look playing this role so close to that first one I was like it is so surprising to me and I'm sure it's not surprising to like older folks who have watched I think it was Moonlighting was the show that he was on, which was sort of okay. like screwball comedy mm-hmm. sort of thing where he was a more of like an everyman kind of guy. Yeah. So to them, I'm sure it's a lot more like, oh, no, yeah, that was just what he was like back then. But mm-hmm. I just I haven't seen much from before Die Hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or anything <laughs> like that, or even just in this general vicinity. Yeah. So when he rolls up again in this as John McClane and I see him, I'm just like, I God, it's so wonderful to see him in this, <laughs> even if. John McClane is a little bit more annoying in this movie. Yeah. With the one-liners, which I was just reading about that, like, the original Die Hard did not have that many one-liners in the script, Mm -hmm. and they, like, came up with some on the set, and, you know, they kind of played with it and and upped it while they were making it. And then this movie, it seemed like they were like, people loved those one-liners. We Mm -hmm. better ADR in a million more. It was so bad. The ones that were like clearly not done on set that were added later because they were like, oh, you know what? This would be a funny place for a Mm one-liner. When he's in the baggage claim area and he's fighting off those two guys, like the second guy pops up and he's like, what is this, a tag team? Mm -hmm. Even though he's not, like it's clearly he's not saying anything. Like he's like climbing something at that moment. and, And he takes the time to utter that yeah and i was just like oh man this is it's it's taking die hard and it's taking the wrong things <laughs> yeah for them i mean there are plenty of things that were great in the original that they tried to redo here as well mm-hmm. but it's like the one-liners that's not necessarily the best part yeah. of die hard. it's not like <laughs> oh my god that tv dinner line yeah is the best thing that's ever happened <laughs> but first note and it's like just the the start of the movie and it just like drives it home so hard is just it's christmas again mm-hmm. somehow it's christmas again yep. somehow he gets wound up in a terrorist plot on christmas again like i guess you should just like roll with it from there yeah or it's like <laughs> we're going there we are going to where it's not even a different time of the year Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing again. Yeah. Couldn't even make it Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Like, or just, just move, it a little, move it a little. Yeah. You'd still get winter, mm-hmm. probably. It's weird. I mean, I guess it's a little bit different because the first one was Christmas in L.A. Yeah. So it's like it barely felt like Christmas. Yeah. And so in this one, it's like, oh, no, it's now they're in Washington, D.C. So it's really Christmas out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super snowy. So it's like. <laughs> I guess it kind of feels a little more Christmassy, truthfully. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it just, it, it, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why? You're already going to the lengths of terrorists, mm-hmm. and John is like not supposed to be there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he gets called in to deal with this. He mm-hmm. just happens to be there and yeah. he happens to be a cop. Because he's not a cop from there. Exactly. Like, it's the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's <laughs> Hal, right? Hal? Was back for, like, a scene. Oh, no, Alan. Alan. Al. Al. Not yeah, Al. yeah, yeah. Yes, Al. Yeah, I, for some reason, because I did see this movie before. Like, this mm-hmm. is not the first time I've seen this movie, but it is a long time since I'd seen it. Yeah. Uh, so there were little bits and pieces that I, I knew were coming ahead of time. Like, oh, right, and then this is going to, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought Al was in it for longer. I thought he had a bigger part. Like, I thought they called back and forth way more in the movie than they did. Yeah. I kept expecting him to pop up again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, it was just that, just that one scene with the faxing. Yep. Okay. Well. And then they they kind of traded him for the engineer guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wrote in my notes too. I was like, this fake Al is okay. Yeah. He's not great, but he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> He'll suffice. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, they sort of they they made a bunch of Al's. Or it's like mm-hmm. there's the engineer Al guy. There's the janitor guy Marvin mm-hmm. who who becomes oh a sort of Al surrogate mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I have seen William Sadler in stuff before, the guy who plays Colonel Stewart. Okay. Um, and I <laughs> completely he... 
he looked a little familiar, but I could. There's no way I could place where I know him from. It's possible, but he, he that fucking his in, his entrance to the movie I had completely forgotten about, and I was just like, okay, I get that they're using the whole like there's a TV report about something that's important mm-hmm. to the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. in the background while a character is doing something else to kind of get a twofer where it's like we're giving you some exposition yeah. and we're also showing you this character i could not listen to that news broadcast because i was focusing on the naked karate i was just like <laughs> this is lunacy like six minutes into this movie yeah that that was my first question <laughs> Was uh, it just naked karate with a question mark? No, it was just, um, why is he naked? <laughs> I like, mean, I was reading about it and there was like, the director was just like, it's a striking way to introduce a character. And it's like, I mean, it is, but what does it mean? Yeah. What why? is it supposed to portray? Like, what is why? it telling? Yeah, really like, just why? why? Really I just boils down it. to like, why. Yeah. Doing karate or you yeah, know, whatever it was. Whatever I'm sure it, it wasn't was. karate. Yeah, but. it was. It was a little bit slower. <laughs> Maybe like tai chi or something like that. Yeah. But you know, doing that in the morning to like start your day, like fine, whatever. Uh-huh. Do it in like pajamas or sweats. <laughs> Hell, even underwear in like a tank. Like yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's striking, but seemingly for all the wrong ways. Yeah, <laughs> just like. I don't even get what this dude is about based on this other than like, so he's Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. I don't even know. And again, it just distracted me from listening to what I was like, apparently supposed to be paying attention to, to what the hell was going on with that general. Cause I literally just wrote like, uh, something about general Esperanza. I think that was like all I got out of it was that Mm -hmm. there's a general. And Mm -hmm. since I'd seen the movie before I had a vague concept of it, it's like, I know he's, He's like arrested and he's flying into the airport and that's what the whole terrorist thing is about. Yeah. But I I could not tell you what his like backstory was or why he was arrested or whatever. <laughs> it's just like he's, a, he's an evil general from South America yeah. with a distinct Italian accent, <laughs> which I loved. I did look it up. It's like, yeah, that actor is Italian and not uh, a Spanish speaker at all. And I was like, I could tell. And I'm terrible at that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am the worst at being able to tell if someone's a native Spanish speaker. Like, mm-hmm. I'll watch a show and it'll be like, yeah, some guy playing a guy from Mexico and he's speaking Spanish. And I'm like, totally believable. Yeah. And then I'll read online and people will be like, that was awful. He didn't sound anything like a real Mexican. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> this man is not uh, South American at all. Yeah. But the 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 introduction to John McClane getting that getting the car towed mm-hmm. his his mother-in-law's car towed while he's out there and having that terrible experience with the cop mm-hmm. uh it was just like you could see what they were setting up with the cops of like all oh, the cops here are assholes yeah uh so like you you would understand why he sort of has to take it upon himself mm-hmm. at an airport because that was really the biggest thing it's like okay yeah. in the first movie it's a fucking office building and it gets taken over by terrorists so, yeah, there's no cops there. Yeah. And they're keeping the cops out. So there's no way for the cops to be there other than John McClane and he's inside and he does blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But then when it's an airport, it's like, there's yeah, there's police at this airport. There's yeah. police all over this airport. How are they not taking care of this other than John? And it's like, oh, it's because they're all total dicks. Yeah. And they don't listen to him and they're ineffectual and mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever. So now it's John's problem. Yeah. Which <laughs> is like. Man, it's it's it almost makes it feel like he wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like he couldn't have just simply been like, "Hey, this is your guys's deal." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have I don't no know. jurisdiction here. This is just uh, this is what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like have like fun. if, if I can luck. help, yeah. <laughs> like if I could help a little bit, let me know. But it shouldn't be like I am taking control. Yeah. <laughs> like me, L.A. cop John McClane, originally <laughs> from New York. Neither of those places are here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I am going to take over again because everyone is terrible. Yes. Um, Which kind of bummed me out because it was like as much as the the, like police chief guy in the first one was an asshole, Mm -hmm. you know, who like didn't want to listen to John. He's like, how do you know he's not one of the terrorists and all that kind of just, you know, bullshit. But at least it was like, hey, but John's got Al and they can, you know, he's Mm -hmm. got a little cop buddy or whatever. But in this one, it's like if he had a good cop to team up with. Yeah. Then it really wouldn't be John McClane 
doing it on his own kind mm. of thing. So they just all have to be dicks. Yeah. And they're terrible. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fine. I guess I'll just do it myself with the help of the engineer whose name I forget. Yeah. <laughs> and Marvin the janitor. <laughs> Poor Marv getting the gun pulled on him the oh first time God. they meet. I wrote poor Marvin, too, at that moment. I was just like, oh, this dude doesn't deserve it. Fucking yeah. stuck down here. Clearly kind of like a loon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's clearly not, like, just a normal guy. Like, he's yeah. he's, he's a loner. He's yeah. down here all by himself. Something's off. Yeah. But he's still a good yeah, guy. Yeah, but he seems like a real sweet guy. Mm-hmm. So the fact that John's just like, wham, gun in his face. Like, oh, Marv, you don't deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. <sighs> Um, he just didn't want his record stolen. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I mean, the the whole like plot of it. It's like mm-hmm. John waiting at the airport. Holly's plane is coming in. Of course, disaster strikes. Yeah, <laughs> in a way that can only follow John McClane. <laughs> right. Yeah. Her plane was supposed to have landed, but because of the weather, she it was delayed like a half hour. Yeah. And so that's how her plane gets caught up in the mess. Yeah, which makes you wonder if John would have just bailed if Holly wasn't up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Would it have been his problem if if Holly was was down and they were going to go to that hotel like they were planning on and leaving the kids with with her parents? I mean, like if he, they were if they were a foot out the door and then all of a sudden they heard like, "Oh, by the way, terrorists." Would he be like, "Oh, I got to go back?" or would he be like, "Not my problem?" I think at that point it would be he would think not his problem because then someone <laughs> else knows already. It's not him trying to convince a police force yeah. that there's a terrorist or That's terrorists. True. I mean, that that brings me into uh, like a couple of notes I had about these these bad guys. It's like one, I guess it's kind of hard to say that it's a fault. But I can't help but feel like they're a little less interesting because their plan is so much more straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. I love Hans Gruber and his crew because of the way that they, like, present themselves as, like, terrorists with a mission and a message. Mm-hmm. But really, they're they're just robbing the place blind. Oh, yeah. And they're using that as a cover. And it's so clever and it's so <laughs> fun. And, like, just watching, especially when fucking uh, Hans is calling in his demands and everything and he's yeah. like i also want you to free the members of the crimson dawn and carl looks at him like crimson dawn he's like, i read about them in time magazine like he, he doesn't even know what he's talking about because he's just putting on a, a show mm-hmm. when really they're stealing the money but in this case they're all there to steal that plane yeah to take control of the plane and take the general and leave with him and all that and there's yeah. no real like switcheroo other than with the the army yeah which also felt a little like I mean, we'll get to that because that was also a little bit like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. What? Okay. But like the fact that they're just like there and they have to put in whatever the fuck those guys were putting in in the luggage room Mm -hmm. to like transmit signals or something. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get what it was like. They just like later in the movie, they just like showed that they had pulled it out of there and they were like, they've been listening this whole time. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is that? It's a box with wires sticking out of it. It's like, they just accept that this is what let them listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I just assume it's some sort of transmitter that they hook directly into the comm system. Yeah. There um, you go. <laughs> pretty much. And I'm assuming that some of my issues with this probably come from the fact that it's like, I'm looking at it like I've only flown before 9-11 like the okay. only times i've ever flown in a plane were when i was like a kid mm-hmm. and it was before 9-11 and all that that's, so it's like that's when i did most of my flying i have done two flights well three total one round trip and then one out mm-hmm. yeah so but like as a kid you know it's like i don't really fucking remember like <laughs> mm-hmm. what the airports were like what the security was like what any of that kind of junk was like boring I'm sure. <laughs> but it's like looking at it, it was like, is this just pre 9-11 America or is it action movie America that <laughs> makes it so that it seems like there's just like nobody around, nobody who gives a shit. There's like a couple of cops who like wander around a little bit. And that seems to be the security in this place, because mm-hmm. like the fact that the bad guys or a, a, a few of the bad guys are sitting at that table. You remember, they're like they're mm-hmm. they're in the, they're there, and John's like across from them or whatever. Yeah. And the cops come in, and the bad guys all kind of like, oh, like give them looks. Mm-hmm. And then as they pass by them, then they start kind of like getting their bad guy stuff together. They have those like boxes, like yeah. the fake presents that include their like 
terrorist supplies, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's like as soon as those cops are like facing even just like maybe 90 degrees away from them, they're not even fully like back turned. They're like, all right, back to bad guy shit. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do that, whatever. And the only reason that John like notices, the only reason they don't give a shit about John is because he's not in uniform. They don't yeah. know that he's a cop. Yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't you be concerned about plainclothes cops anyway? Yeah. If this is your plan. And it's like, was that just not a thing <laughs> in 1990? I mean, where it was just like, no, yeah, it's just an airport. What the fuck's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, you, it's you like station a, bus a terminal. Yeah, you station a couple of cops near the front, make sure there aren't any teenagers running around. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? It seemed crazy that the, <laughs> yeah. that the security was so lax and shitty. That did seem very unrealistic. Okay. Even, <laughs> even for pre-9-11 America. Yeah. Like, it definitely was much more laxed than it is now uh -huh. for obvious reasons right but it was never at least like <laughs> i flew out of o'hare uh -huh. when i was younger which i'm assuming is at least in terms of like capacity or flow or whatever however mm -hmm. they measure it yeah. is somewhat similar to dulles yeah right is yeah how it's i'm pretty certain so thinking back on that security like no, there's still like it's the whole like you need a ticket to get through. Right. Uh and like you have to go through the TSA still. There's still, mm -hmm. you know, security and getting your bags checked and that going through the metal detector like that all still happened and they didn't show that area at all. Yeah, I so mean So the fact that John was able to get to although maybe I don't know. I don't the, know how the, the, the airport is set up. The terrorists never had to get onto a plane or get anybody off of a plane through the terminal. So I understand it's why they right. didn't have to show any of that okay. or why the bad guys didn't need to go there. Like most of their plan was in that church. Yeah. And this was basically the only thing they needed to do in the airport. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. It's still, I they still it, don't show the geography of the airport very well to the yeah. point where it's like, okay, so, but then did those terrorists who were dressed as painters have to get through security to get to that terminal. Yeah. Is there like a separate employee entrance that they like made their way yeah, through? Yeah, like did they kill guys who were supposed to be painters and yeah. take their shit? Did they show up as painters? They never showed those dudes. Yeah. Uh but they were I, just I, there. Yeah, but I did find it funny it was another one of those agains mm -hmm. when the bad guys show up to that church. And then they kill the guy who's in it so that they mm -hmm. can take it over. And I was like, oh, hey, look, it's the bad guy showing up pretending to be something else. And then they kill the guy there and then they take it over like exactly like Die Hard. Yep. Like that thing. Like when the when the thing pulled up, like the van pulled up to the fucking church. I was like, oh, is is the nerdy black guy driving it like in the original <laughs> one? Because like, they, did, they didn't kill him. Yeah. Argyle just knocked him out. He could be back. You never know. <laughs> Everyone's fucking back. The fucking asshole reporter is back. Ugh. Which I was like, I love that dude's performance. Like he's he mm -hmm. he pretty much always plays some kind of asshole like that. He's very good at it. He's he's incredible at it. It's just again fucking ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. So Holly is on a plane, and this fucking reporter is on that same plane. Yep. The guy that she punched in the face, like it, it, all of that, even notwithstanding the whole like uh, restraining order stuff that they talk about, where yeah. it's like, oh, technically she's not allowed within fifty yards of me, and blah blah blah, whatever. It's like even just just the odds of them being on a plane together on Christmas mm -hmm. <laughs> while terrorists, like, dude, come on. And yeah. I think the worst part of it too is the fact that his fucking plot line about like tapping into the, the the cockpit signal and mm -hmm. hearing that hearing when the the fucking engineer talks about how terrorists have taken over and all that all it is is that eventually he talks to the media and causes a panic yeah and then he gets tased and then it's that's it it doesn't actually do anything like no one acts because of this knowledge he gets mm -hmm. you know what i mean it doesn't push anything forward it's just him being a dick again yeah and it turns the airport into mayhem which was absurd to me because like the the, the when the terrorists take over the the turn like not the terminal what the fuck is the, the the just the control tower yeah when they take that over and you know i loved the the visual of all the lights going off on mm -hmm. the runway too where it's like fuck you gonna do now like that was that was great yeah. And it was really menacing. And that was a cool, like, bad guy moment where it's like, we are in control. You don't even know where we are, but we are fucking in control. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was it was a neat moment and a cool setup to it. Yeah. But the people don't know about it. 
sort of specifically. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like the bad guys are kind of hoping that yeah. the people aren't, like, don't realize what has been happening. Like, the, the, yeah. the general population in the airport. Yeah. Because that'll just cause problems for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, there's the fucking terrorists here and there's this and that. Then all of a sudden they're going to start sending people in. Like, eventually they send that army crew in. Mm-hmm. But it's like if they knew right off the top, they'd be searching everywhere and they'd probably find them sooner or later. Yeah. Considering that they're near the property of the airport in that church. I still didn't understand where that church was. Like, was that a what was that? Like, why was it out in the middle of nowhere? Because uh, that area is being cleared for new runways. Okay, but so it's it's okay. getting demolished. Okay, I guess it just seemed weird that when they were building the airport in the first place, they were like, "Should we take down this church thing?" And be like, "Nah, let's leave it for a few more years <laughs> until we need some more runways. It can stay." It just seemed weird. Like, I mean, how could you have a service there while planes are landing and all that? Kind of yeah. Like, it seems like the worst place to have like a calm, receptive like, yeah. church service. Is with planes flying overhead constantly. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> um, but like eventually people would figure out about it. But at the beginning, people don't. Right. And it's like, okay, good plan. Mm-hmm. Like, way to go, bad guys. <laughs> Your plan makes some sense. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they they he makes all those threats. Colonel Stewart makes all those threats about like, uh, if you, you know, disobey what we're saying, we will teach you a lesson. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, he's going to fucking, he's going to do something. Yeah. And it's the thing that threw me so, so much was the fact that his his lesson was diabolical and awesome. The way that they, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. the way that they, they change the plane's trajectory or whatever the fuck it is, however, they, whatever the crap it is. Yeah, they, they <laughs> change the readings for the planes for what their altitude, like what the altitude was. They like, essentially changed what sea level is to them, which yeah, like, which changed where they thought the ground was. Right. Which was like, oh, holy shit. And then he impersonates an air traffic controller. Be like, oh, we got you. Come on in. We are all good. And then obviously the plane crashes because they're 200 feet lower than they thought they were. And yeah. it fucking hits the runway, explodes in a giant fucking fireball. John McClane was out on the runway trying to... Uh, alert them with yeah. sticks with fire on it when i was like look that's like heroic and all and, and and noble of john to try to go out there and warn them yeah but i was like all that's gonna happen is you're gonna die too like the fact that you didn't is astounding yeah that you're just like i'm gonna run out in front of this plane that is going to crash it's not like it might yeah. Like, no, the whole point is that it is absolutely going to crash. Yeah. He runs out in front of it and waves those sticks around and yet doesn't die miraculously. Mm-hmm. It was just like terrible, terrible plan by John. I understand that he didn't want to just sit by and let it happen. Yeah. But not a great plan. That's yeah. And the next like moments, obviously, after that, you know, they cut back to the control tower and the control tower is all like, oh, my God. And everyone's running in circles, you know, and like yelling at each other and trying to figure out there's there's a huge panic in the control tower. Mm hmm nothing in the airport yeah like what it takes until later when the fucking reporter releases the scoop to the news and then apparently everybody in the terminal hears that news broadcast from the like one tv that was out there (laughs) which is absurd but it's like you guys weren't tipped off by the plane exploding out there yeah how how far away from the terminal are the runways that that could happen and no one noticed. I mean, I feel like the the distance from the terminal to the runway as far as explosion goes from a movie like I feel like Final Destination did it pretty well. Yeah. Like that plane had taken off, so obviously it was going away from the airport. Uh-huh. But they still felt it in the airport. Yeah, and not just that. I don't even necessarily mean the airport citizens not finding out about it anyone yeah it can just explode on a runway and because they turned the lights off nobody noticed there wasn't any other news reports about that yeah like hey did anyone notice that fucking fireball down at dulles yeah maybe we should send a crew Mm -hmm. nobody realizes that something is going on despite the fact that a plane just exploded yeah and it seemed like there weren't really any other news crews that ever showed up despite there being footage of a plane that had crashed yeah and like it 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 just it blew my mind that it took until later when the fucking guy 
broadcast to get a panic going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you could have, I mean, I, I guess it's all about like working like when things happen and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if you're going to have a panic in the airport and you like really wanted a panic in the airport sequence, mm-hmm. just have it when the fucking plane crashes and then yeah. cut out this fucking reporter, which is like, yeah, I get it. He was in the first movie. Everyone loved it in the first movie, but you cannot just sit and rely on the fact that yeah. people are like, hey, remember that from the first movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was frustrating. You're just going to make people want to watch the first movie. Really? Because it's better. <laughs> like, no, no offense to fucking William Sadler, but I even wrote in my notes, I was like, Colonel Stewart is no no Hans Gruber. I'm sorry. Yep. Just not. All of that retread stuff mm-hmm. really got to me. Like, I thought that they were going to do something a little different because, again, I had seen it before, but not in a long time. I was like, oh, this actually might be a little bit interesting because obviously in the first movie, it takes them a while to understand that McLean is a cop. Mm-hmm. Like all the other people outside, like, who is this guy? Who are you talking to? How do we know he's actually a cop? He might be a bartender for all we know. Mm-hmm. And eventually <laughs> they trust that he's a cop. And then this one, when he, uh, towards the, the, towards the beginning, when he chases the bad guys through the luggage claim mm-hmm. and all that shit, <laughs> that ends with that ridiculous moment where he rides that bike into the guy. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> dude, this movie is chock full of like little moments like that, that are just like, why yeah they're not as cool as the things that happened in the first movie they're just also things yeah you know what i mean like the moment when he fucking wraps the the computer with c4 and shoves it down the elevator shaft in the first movie is awesome because mm-hmm. it's just like i just got to put some shit together and and macgyver my way fucking out of this yeah and in this case it was like i need to keep chasing this guy there happens to be a bunch of bikes here for some reason i'm gonna ride this bike into him and it's like not nearly as fun yeah not nearly as cool but after he chases them through that and everything, and then the like on duty cops find him and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And they pull guns on him, and he's like, "I'm the r- wrong guy, assholes. The bad guy went that way. I'm the good guy." <laughs> and they're like, "All right, where's your badge?" And then he looks and he's like, "On its way to Cleveland." Like for one terrible one-liner for no mm-hmm. reason, especially in that scenario, yeah, where it's like they're aiming at you with guns. And you're saying you're a cop and have no way to prove it. Like, (laughs) this is a serious situation. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're going to not buy that McLean is a cop. And that's why they disregard him because he lost his shit. Mm -hmm. And then later they'll, like, figure it out. Like, oh, he actually is a guy and he's helping. But it it cuts from him saying the line about Cleveland to, like, the terrorists doing something. Yeah. And then when it cuts back, it's literally just the cop being like, oh, here's your badge again. Sorry about that. I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be more to this. I thought yeah. there was going to be a way bigger thing. It was literally, it, it's already done. It's yeah. finished. They've solved it. Congrats. <laughs> it was so silly. <laughs> I was really expecting more from that. But it was like, okay, now that you know that he's a cop and he fucking discharged his weapon in the airport, like for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he's also the cop who saved everyone from those terrorists <laughs> in Los Angeles a couple years ago mm-hmm. that apparently everybody knows about. Yeah. But. They don't care, which seems so crazy. It's like he is such the everyman in Die Hard because mm-hmm. he hasn't done anything. He's just he's a New York cop and he's in L.A. and he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. But now it's like the movie just does not accept the fact that it's like you have to like the world knows about him now. Mm-hmm. Like he must be famous in some capacity. Yeah. And yet they're still trying to make it like everyone's like, who is this guy? It's just a guy who stopped Hans Gruber. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Come on. Threw him off a building. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just silly that they wouldn't trust him anymore. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that fucking, sorry, I realized that we've like jumped all over, but yeah. now that I started talking about it, I just, I realized something else. <laughs> so the bad guys go into the luggage claim area mm-hmm. to hook up their whatever bullshit so they can listen to the, to the, the tower. Right. And John sees them go back there mm-hmm. and he, he gets the, the janitor to let him in. He's like, I'm a cop. Go get the airport cops. Mm-hmm. Some guys went back here that weren't supposed to. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Goes in there, sees him fucking around with something, flashes his badge. Mm-hmm. And the bad guy's reaction is shoot to kill immediately. Yeah. yeah. I was like, they, okay, it's, it's <laughs> this plan. It's so huge. It's so much huger than the original movie's plan. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, you have to coordinate fucking, I mean, for one, you have to take over an airport. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to somehow remove control of all of the like uh, actual flight shit 
from their tower, mm-hmm. reroute it to your tower. Yeah. And like, oh, there's so much technical shit that has to go into it. And yet the plan did not account for what if someone finds us snooping around? Yeah. They have nothing. They don't even have fake credentials yeah. or anything to be like, oh, this is why we're here. Or this mm-hmm. is it, whatever. It was literally yeah. like someone walked in and was just like, are you guys supposed to be here? And they're like, oh, plan B. <laughs> like, well, what? it wasn't in their defense. It wasn't their immediate reaction because they said that they worked there. He, <laughs> yeah, asked for, he asked for ID. And then they started shooting. <laughs> that's exactly what I mean, though. It's like, come on, guys. That was all you had? It's like, hey, you guys supposed to be here? Yes. Well, okay. Whew, oh, my God. I'm glad that happened. Yeah. We didn't have to start shooting everybody. God, fucking ridiculous, man. Um, What's his face, though? I always forget his fucking name. Dennis Franz as Lorenzo. The cop. Yes. Which was like, it was so funny to me because it's like, okay, so you're a Washington, D.C. cop with the thickest Chicago accent Mm -hmm. I have ever heard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I know he's been in shit. I'm pretty, I'm like 100% certain. And I'm going to feel so dumb when I'm wrong, but I'm like 100% certain that he was on NYPD Blue for a long time. Okay. Like, he's a guy, he's played cops, he's played this kind of guy all the time. So it, it was like a, I was thinking, I wrote down, I was like, is he a stereotype in this movie or is this movie what made the Dennis Franz asshole cop stereotype? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure which started first, this or NYPD Blue or all that kind of stuff. But just such a thick Chicago accent. Um, and he is like sort of understandably pissed off. Yeah. But like to the point of of completely ignoring the issue. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I can understand being like, dude, what the fuck are you doing here? You are an L.A. cop. Yeah. You came in. You started firing in my airport. Mm -hmm. You you, you couldn't get someone. You couldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I would be I would understand him being really mad at McLean, Mm -hmm. but then moving on with the investigation. Yeah. But the fact that he was just like, I am really mad at you. And in fact, I am so mad at you. I am going to ignore everything. (laughs) And I'm just going to walk away from it. (laughs) It's like. Dude, I'm going to to dismiss every thought you have. Yeah, really? Like, again, hero cop mm-hmm. comes into your airport and is like, there might be a problem. And you're like, fuck you. Like, oh, my God. It's Christmas at the airport. Yeah, really. Which was it was really funny, too, because they kept talking about Christmas week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so it's not even it's not like it's Christmas. It's not like this is the day of Christmas. Yeah. You know, so it's like, OK, um. But yeah, Lorenzo's a piece of shit, but I did like that they had that guy Trudeau, the guy who was like in charge mm-hmm. of the tower. I don't know what his actual position was. I'm just looking at the character things here. Ed Trudeau, air traffic flight director. So I guess the director means he's in charge of all the air traffic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but at least he seemed to give a shit mm-hmm. about what John thought mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. like the, the scenario in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, one weird thing about him because it's like for the most part he's cool, yeah, and he's just you know he he's you know angry when the terrorists you know take the plane down obviously, and he's like oh mm-hmm. you fucking you know and he's yelling at him and talking shit to him and whatever like he's he's got some backbone yeah and he's fighting back and whatever weird moment though halfway through the movie when they realize that it's like okay a lot of these planes are running low on fuel mm-hmm. since they have to circle above the airport since they took out all the all the like landing shit yeah. And he, like, gets a, a report from someone, mm-hmm. and he looks at it, and he's like, oh, man. And he goes over to John, who's, like, sitting on the stairs, yeah. looking all forlorn. I think he had just, I think that was right after he tried to stop or help yeah, that plane Yeah, that, that was crashed. right after, because I think he got the manifest. Right, So that right, would have right. been the uh, everyone that was on the plane. Yeah, but he walks over to John, and he specifically tells him that, like, his wife's flight has, like, an hour left. 90 minutes. Yeah, okay, yeah, 90 minutes. He has 90 minutes mm-hmm. before his wife's plane is, like, the next to just, like, go down and drop or whatever. Yeah. And I was like... Why did would he... you tell him that? Well, that was the thing. I was like, did he tell him that to spur him into action? Because it seemed like he was yeah. really down after that British plane went down. Yeah. Which was like, that was actually kind of crushing when they did that little shot through the cabin. 
Mm-hmm. And the the flight attendants let everyone know that everything's fine. It's like, oh no, yeah. it'll be great. Oh, we're like the British, the British tube. Like, we might be late, but we'll get you there on time, or we'll get you there, or whatever yeah. the fuck. You know, like everyone being like, oh, okay, all right, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. And then the plane goes down, and everything's real sad. Um, and there's no fucking survivors. Yeah. <laughs> and John's sitting there, and it looks like he took it pretty bad. And it looks like Trudeau is like looking at him, like I'm gonna need this guy to John McLean it up yeah. in order to fucking, <laughs> you know, get this whole thing figured out. And if he's bummed like this, it's probably not gonna work. Yeah. So I need something to get him going. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell him when his wife is gonna die. Yeah. That'll push him to go. Like that. It, that felt like what he was doing. Yeah. But they never make a specific mention of that. He he doesn't have like a moment of like. Oh, that'll do it, or anything mm-hmm. like that to really hint at it. Yeah. But that's what it felt like to me. I was like, either you have like no <laughs> social skills and don't understand what a terrible thing that is to say to someone, like, oh, and by the way, your wife will be dead in 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or you're doing it specifically to get him to do something. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a little strange, <laughs> but I mean, I guess it worked. Yeah. In I the mean- end, <laughs> I'm just, I'm rolling through these notes and it's just like so many agains. John climbs into a vent again, mm-hmm. and he makes sure to talk about it, uh, like to, yeah. to to really nail home how again this is. Yeah, <laughs> that oh was that was that really kind of like like I said, it, it really bummed me out. Where it was just like, man, mm-hmm. you're doing the same shit, but then you're commenting on doing the same shit, but you're not doing it in enough of a tongue in cheek way. Yeah, for it to seem like you're really joking. Yeah, it just really feels like you're like we want to do it again. And we fear people will yell at us if we just do it again. (laughs) So we have to make a comment on it. So sort of wink at you about it. And it was a little bit of a bummer that way. Another thing that in terms of like doing it again, that they at least kind of sidestepped in the fact that it didn't happen exactly the same way. But right after that, like after the plane goes down and it's like, oh, we got to bring in some big guns Mm -hmm. to fucking like figure this out because these terrorists are... We can't find them. They're still in control. They're going to bring more planes down. We got to bring somebody in. So in comes the army, was it? Like commandos, whatever the fuck they were. I don't know how well they actually called them what they were. I think they specifically said it was the army. Okay, but them rolling in, all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, like fucking the FBI guys in the first mm-hmm. one where they come in and they're like, not anymore, you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, but they do kind of sidestep it and later by making them be part of the bad guys instead yeah. of just being rodeo cowboy assholes who get blown yeah. up. And then it's like, oh, well, fuck the FBI guys, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they changed it up a little bit. But it just it just brought up the same questions that fucking Broken Arrow did. When uh, when <laughs> Howie Long's unit shows up to take care of the nuclear weapon and it's like, but he's on the team. It's like, how like, who decides who goes and deals with this? Like, I will I will completely admit I don't know dick about military and, you know, like chain of command shit mm-hmm. and who would get dispatched in a situation like this. Yeah. But it's just like, who decided that? Like, how could they have? coordinated that i don't i mean unless there's like a schedule for what unit is like on call that, I, guess? I mean that's the thing again since it's, i don't know it's like it yeah. feels like it might be a little bit of just like i mean i guess i'm just ignorant of it so who knows maybe it makes complete sense maybe you can ask if your buddy can come or something like who, yeah. who knows how you could actually do it <laughs> but it did seem weird to me that it's like okay so they're a part of the plan mm-hmm. like so much so that they have blanks loaded into their guns for their fake little firefight later yeah like it is so ingrained in the plan that they have all of that set up. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the army gets called in because the plane crashed. Yeah. And I was like, but the plane only crashed to show them they were serious mm-hmm. because they had tried to go and do the, 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 like, uh, whatever the fuck in the annex thing. It was yeah. like, oh, we could go over here and we could use the, the shit over there to talk yeah, to the planes. Yeah, there was some array or something yeah, some, that they could some use. Yeah, satellite array that they could use to talk to the planes. And then they tried to do that. And then the bad guys caught them and ambushed them. And then they were like, because you tried that, we're going to crash this plane. And then it was like, well, because you crashed this plane, we're going to bring in the army. And it was like, good. That was our plan all along. Like, wait, how? Yeah. How could that have been your plan all along? Like, unless they, unless I mean, they were 100% certain that they would do something. Yeah. I mean, I like, guess. I, yeah. It's That's, like, they, I mean, they rigged the array to explode. So 
Right. You know, they were certain that that was going to happen. Okay. I get, I mean, it's just, it, it, it balances precariously on like, either this is the best plan in the world <laughs> or it's the most ludicrous plan in the world. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it all depends on exactly how somebody acts. And it just so happens that it went perfectly. So just shut up, Jeff. Yeah. So that's what it feels like. Yep. It went perfect, except for John McClane, <clears throat> as per usual. Yeah, as his his M.O. Um, so <laughs> more ridiculous shit. So like throughout the movie, they actually I think it's just the one scene. They have the one scene where Esperanza is on the plane and he's in his shackles. And mm -hmm. he's like, oh, you soldier over there, let me out of these shackles, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The scene yeah. doesn't matter, but it just shows him, like, and he's on route. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it comes back later, like, after a bunch of this shit has happened, and they're like, okay, like, the plane is, is arriving soon, mm -hmm. and they're going to land, and then we're going to take him to the 747 that the airport is going to give to us because we're terrorists mm -hmm. and fly him out of there. And so clearly on that plane, the soldier and the pilots are not in on this plan. Right. Um, <laughs> but what was just so absurd to me. Okay. So they're getting closer to the airport and the pilot calls into ground control or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's going to the terrorists because they have taken everything over. Right. So they're asking like, hey, we are approaching and we are going to land. And fucking Stuart is like, yeah, you are going to land at runway 15. And the pilot's like, we're supposed to be landing in 10. And he's like, no, land on 15. And the guy's like, but no, that's not how this is supposed to go. Like, yeah. it's a military thing. They're obviously going to want to follow fucking suit. Like, yeah. they're, not, they're not just going to be like, oh, well, I mean, I guess we can go over to this one. Yeah. They are in control of every runway. Just let them land on 10 or whatever the original one is. Yeah. And I then do something about it. I don't know. It just seems silly that they were enforcing this mm -hmm. other runway, despite the fact that it's like, you have access to every runway. Yeah. They are all empty. Yeah. You can light any one of them up you want. Why are you doing this? And then, of course, Esperanza fucking chokes the fucking soldier in the back mm -hmm. and kills the pilots. Yep. Which then causes the decompression because he fired through the windshield and everything. And I was like, why is he fucking it up? Was this part of the plan for him to <laughs> kill the pilots before they go down? Because if it was, why was fucking Stuart even talking to the pilots? Yeah. Like, if it was like, we're just going to wait until Esperanza kills them and then we'll talk to him. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, why don't you try to land down here, buddies? And they're like, we don't want to. That's not where we're supposed to go. Like, oh, well, at least Colonel Stewart's going to kill you in a couple of seconds. Yeah. <laughs> or Esperanza or whatever. It was just so silly. I was like, why is he murdering these pilots? Like, I get that he apparently is also a pilot. Yeah. So he can land it and everything. But it was like, you were causing yourself so much trouble. Like, why, yeah. did, why even kill the soldier? None of that made sense to me at all. I mean, I guess for their plan to go through, they would have all had to die anyways. Yeah. I don't know why it had to be midair. <laughs> that is the thing. Yeah. Is that it's like so many things can go wrong where it's like even if you are a pilot, mm -hmm. anything could happen, especially when you just shoot the pilot in the head while he's sitting in the chair. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what if he falls forward and like pushes something again i am ignorant as to how planes work yeah <laughs> but you can only imagine that it's like oh shit like you know what it's really hard to get his body out of this seat and i need to land this plane you know like so yeah. many problems could come from that and it didn't seem like it was part of the plan like they seem surprised yeah when esperanza gets on the radio and he's like guys i need help <laughs> you need to help me land this plane and they're like what the fuck are you doing yeah like, Why are you flying now? I can't really imagine that they're like hastily rewriting their plan as that's yeah. happening. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> so absurd that they do that. Uh, and then the, the part that I felt like two hours is not necessarily a huge ask for a movie, mm -hmm. especially because the first Die Hard, I'm pretty sure, is two hours, if not a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I get it. And sometimes there are things where, in retrospect, you can sit there and be like, uh, maybe that didn't need to happen or whatever. Yeah. The part that really didn't need to happen in this movie is when the fucking general lands and John McClane meets the plane. 
Yeah. And he goes in and he takes him hostage and then immediately loses his hostage. (laughs) And then the bad guys fill the cockpit up with grenades that have absurdly long fuses on them. Mm -hmm. And then he does the fucking ejector seat fly up in the air. Terrible special effect there. Looks so bad. (laughs) Terrible. And then he parachutes his way down. Like, I thought for a second I was like, oh, right. Do they like do they miss that the ejector seat flies out and they just assume that they've killed him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, why they're like, oh my God, it's McLean again later yeah. or whatever. But the fact that they see him and the one dude even says like, you lucky fuck. And I was like, so what has changed here? Yeah. Nothing. He had the general for a second, lost him immediately. Yeah. The bad guys get away with the general anyway. And John is fine. Yeah. The only thing that changed is the plane blew up. Yeah, really. And it's like, I get it. You want fucking action pieces in your action movie. Mm -hmm. But it's like, there's still plenty of them. You don't need another. You don't need another plane exploding. There's two planes that explode in this movie (laughs) other than this plane. Yes. You don't need a third. You do not need a third. Agreed. I'm sorry. There's so much exploding. There's so much exploding. So much ridiculous shit. That fucking uh, the the snowmobile chase where John McClane's snowmobile flies over the road that I did not know was there. Yeah. I thought they were in the middle of nowhere. And then it turns out there's a road with trucks that are driving by. Whatever. Okay. But yeah, his snowmobile flies over the truck and explodes into the trees. And I was just like, again, why did why? this need to happen? I understand him chasing them. Yeah. And whatever with it, but the fact and like that's how he discovers they were using blanks. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was like he could have picked up a gun from the, the church and yeah. you know, one of the first guys he kills. Mm-hmm. And he didn't need to necessarily have an exploding fucking snowmobile moment. Yeah. But whatever. But th- that <laughs> moment when he shows up back to the terminal. To show Lorenzo that they are blanks by firing at him <laughs> in the airport. I, uh, I like, I, oh, <laughs> when, yeah. I, when I was younger, I was, I always thought that that was like an awesome like development in the movie. Like, see, they're blanks. It, yeah. it was all a ruse. We're getting bamboozled here. You know, it was like super fun <laughs> and whatever. But now I was like, what a way to get yourself fucking riddled with bullets, John. I know that you think this is cool looking, but like the, the, the all the cops around him had their guns out. Oh, yeah. And like, I doubt any cop would actually be like, hold on, let's not shoot this guy who is aiming and pulling a trigger towards our like captain or whatever the fuck, because it doesn't look like he's getting shot right now. You know what I mean? Nobody is going to sit there and be like, hold on. Wait a second. Yeah. I think this is trickery. <laughs> They're just going to be like, he just pulled a gun. Get him. And, he, and John McClane's dead. And yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, come on. Why would you do it that way? Yeah. I, in my head, because again, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, right. He aims it right at Lorenzo and it like spooks him and it, mm. you know, makes him look like a coward, which is like you're aiming a machine gun at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a fucking Uzi. Yeah. What you, that is an yeah. absolutely logical response yes. from Lorenzo. That does not make him look like a coward. No, it makes but, him look human. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, doesn't he like roll into the terminal and everything and like fire the gun up in the air and then be like, they're fucking blanks. I thought that was how it went. And that makes at least a little bit more sense mm-hmm. that he might not get shot for that. Yeah. <laughs> like aiming it at a cop and pulling the trigger. Yeah. It's like, John, are you not a cop? Don't you know what you guys will do about that? Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So silly. I mean, and then, you know, they, they have the they have the general, they have the army now, like the, the army turns out to be bad guys. They have that moment where they all congratulate each other outside of the plane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, early celebration, bad guys. What yeah. are you doing? You yeah. have not gotten out of here. Like, you really, you really think that there's not going to be anything now. Now that they know that you have abandoned the place where you've taken over the planes mm-hmm. and that you don't have the the uh, the capability to bring these planes down the way you did before. Mm-hmm. Like, now that it's just a t- like a time game. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I hope we get these fucking planes down before they run out of gas. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer like, if we do anything... The bad guys will do something. It's like now that they know that you have abandoned all of that, you have all gotten into a plane that is taking a fucking like dictator with you. Yeah. You really think that you're home free? Yeah. <laughs> like I know that it's John who winds up doing it and it's not like they come out of the fucking hangar and the FBI's there or some yeah. shit. But either way, it's like you you can 
cannot celebrate at that moment. Yeah. You are so far from home free. <laughs> you don't know. They could send in the Marines. Yeah, really. The <laughs> army and the Marines and the Spinosaurus. And like, <laughs> you, you never know what, what could happen. But it's just, it was so silly to me. And it's like, just because the general is like, oh, why don't we save this for later? Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, everyone. Are none of you professionals? You guys look like dips. Next to the fucking guys from the original Die Hard. They seemed like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. These guys seemed like idiots. (laughs) But man, that that ending when John gets dropped onto the plane from the the reporter's helicopter Mm -hmm. and everything, like as much as it's like a cheesy kind of thing of like, I am on the wing of a plane and the bad guys are in the plane and they're going to come out and fight with me and I'm going to kick a guy into the the engine and then, you know, another guy, whatever. You gotta um, get an engine death if you're gonna have an airplane action movie. <laughs> exactly. But I will say something that was pretty cool though, and this is something that you would obviously never, never, ever, ever see anymore. But I was like, that looks like two guys fighting on the wing of a plane. Mm-hmm. Like that looks like a plane in motion, yeah. taxiing on the ground with men standing on its wing fighting each other. Yeah. That's amazing. I loved that. Just yeah. just that fact that it was mm-hmm. like clearly that it wasn't like, yep, and then they green screened them in from yeah. this other thing and just put them on the wing of that plane. It's like, no, 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 no. Those yeah. dudes were on the wing of that plane. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. That was so cool. Practical effects like that are just perfect. So great. It's the, probably I mean, so much cheaper, too. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah, practical effects, doing it that way. I mean, insurance is probably the bigger thing where it's like if you could just shoot a shot of a plane and then green screen guys fighting and then pop them onto the wing in, in post. Yeah. You probably don't have to deal with like, so what if someone falls off this plane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get that. Um, but practical effects. I love the fact that that shootout in the in the annex or whatever when they kill like all of the SWAT guys and everything mm-hmm. as gruesome as it is, <laughs> I miss hard R action movies. Yeah. Like so, so, so many action movies these days are all just like they're PG 13. And if somebody gets shot, they just kind of go like, Oh, and they fall over <laughs> and whatever. But in this movie, like literally that, that fucking <laughs> moment with T 1000, when he fucking just puts the gun to his face, mm-hmm. the SWAT guy's face and just like, blam. Yeah. It was just like, Holy Fuck. And then all those shots when the when the 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 fight is over and there's just dudes in puddles of blood everywhere mm-hmm. and all of the and it was just like, no, yeah, because it's a fucking action movie and people are getting shot. That's what happens when you get shot. What yeah. do you expect? Like it really <laughs> felt no nonsense and I and I really fucking miss that kind of shit. Where it's yeah. like, oh man, come just it's gruesome as hell, but like, yeah. Makes yeah, I mean that it's one of the reasons why uh, Live Free or Die Hard is such such a pile of garbage. <laughs> is that it was PG thirteen and they cut out all of the blood shit. There's a there's Boom. an unrated version that puts digital blood effects in later, and it's like not the same. No, but yeah, the dude gets dropped into the fucking propeller. Blood sprays all over the place. <laughs> fucking a, um, and then he fights with. Stewart on the wing. Yes. And he gets the 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 fuel line open so it's spraying fuel everywhere so you know exactly what's coming. Yep. And then truthfully like I knew this was how it went and I the whole time I was like, "Yep, yep, I'm totally cool with it. I'm totally fine with it." And then it happened and I realized like, "Oh, wow, you know what? Actually, actually I kind of don't like it." Now, <laughs> like since I'm spending so much time comparing this movie to the original movie, like Yippie Kaye motherfucker is so fucking casual in that original movie. Yeah. It's like maybe an hour into the movie too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like towards the middle and it's when they're just talking on the radios and he's comparing yeah. him to a cowboy, you know, and everything. And he just says, Yippie Kaye motherfucker. And he like leans back <laughs> through the door and then the movie moves on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and this is the movie that makes it the cool thing to say before you kill the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah. You know what? That kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that it's in there because mm-hmm. it's like, come on, it's a catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, but it, it did bum me out a little bit that I was like, oh, yeah, this kind of sort of cheapened it in a way even more so than just repeating it does. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if he had just said it at some point during the movie, maybe I wouldn't have cared as much. But yeah. making it the like, cool, bad guy <laughs> killing moment, it was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's the thing is like Die Hard was so sort of original compared to so many 80s action movies like mm-hmm. like the like 
Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies of the 80s and shit. Yeah, with super cheesy one-liners all the time. And they absolutely had one of those kill the bad guy, say something witty moments. of course. Yeah, and so in in the original Die Hard, fucking killing Hans Gruber is like, it's totally silent. He just unclasps the watch and lets him drop. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, there you go. And he doesn't go like, have a nice fall or something (laughs) stupid like that. Yeah. But then in this movie, they, they succumb to the dumb action movie trope. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, what a bummer. Well, uh, I think that is going to wrap up Unnecessary Sequels Month on Popcorn for Dinner. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, none of these wound up being necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even a little bit. I will argue, uh, hopefully at some point we will watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. To redeem, can watch the series. That. redeem the series and show you what a I mean not that you've never seen a sequel that was necessary because <laughs> there are plenty mm-hmm. uh, but to show you a diehard sequel that is absolutely necessary uh, and so we'll we'll find out a way to do that but coming up next month it's October we're going to jump back into some scary movies which I'm very excited for going to try to find a good chunk that we that at least one of us definitely hasn't seen yeah. And uh, we got some fun stuff coming up, hopefully, uh, as long as uh, certain things stay on certain streaming services <laughs> long <laughs> enough for us to watch it and we don't get screwed by that. Yes. Um, but uh, I think that's going to wrap it up here this week. This is Jeff. And Kelly. No pictures, you pinko bitch. Bitch. <laughs>